Hey guys, thanks for listening to Life Beyond Infertility with me, Charlie. I'm going to be totally upfront with you. I'm taking a huge risk keeping this podcast independent. As a small fish in a super big pond, to make this work, I need your help. In order to keep the mic on and continue breaking the stigma around infertility for the one in six women out there who are affected by it, I need you to support the show by becoming a Life Beyond Infertility premium member today. You get to listen to the entire show ad-free an hour earlier than everyone else, participate in weekly Ask Me Anythings, and download transcripts and show notes. In addition, you'll get a supporter shout out during an episode and have access to extended interviews with guests that include the juiciest of nuggets. So what are you waiting for? Go to lifebeyondinfertility.supercast.com to become a premium member today. The link is also available in the show notes. I love you guys more than you know, and I can't thank you enough for all of your support. Is sex painful for you at your entry point? Do you suffer from leakage, chronic UTIs, endopain, erectile dysfunction, or hemorrhoids? If you answered yes to any of those, What if I told you you could benefit from pelvic floor therapy? Excuse me, what? Yeah, I had never heard of this type of therapy either until I met today's guest, Dr. Madison Roth, or Maddie as she prefers to be called. Dr. Maddie is a pelvic floor physical therapist and owner of Inspire Pelvic Physical Therapy, located in Saginaw, Michigan. She founded Inspire in order to change the lives of people with pelvic pain and dysfunction in Michigan through her in-person therapy options, and around the world through her virtual services. She is passionate about taking patients to the next level, not just decreasing pain and dysfunction, but also helping patients achieve what initially might seem impossible. Follow Inspire on Instagram at inspire underscore pelvic PT for hundreds of funny educational pelvic health videos. While Dr. Maddie and her team do treat a lot of pre- and postpartum moms, He's also on a mission to educate women about the importance of being familiar with their anatomy in a non-judgmental way, knowing what's normal for you and what's not so that you can take better care of yourself and deal with issues earlier to avoid complications. If you're a little squeamish, just hang tight and keep an open mind for today. And as a bonus, premium subscribers to the show will get an extra clip of Dr. Maddie walking you through a simple exercise you can do in just five minutes a day to significantly improve your digestive health if you're like me and suffer from chronic constipation and IBS. Sign up to be a premium subscriber today by going to lifebeyondinfertility.supercast.com. Link is in the show notes. Now on to the episode. You're listening to the Life Beyond Infertility podcast with Charlie Dice, the show that teaches you how to get unstuck from the grief and loss of infertility so that you can accept and embrace a joyful life beyond it. Welcome to the Life Beyond Infertility podcast, Dr. Maddie. Let's just dive right in. How did you get into the space you're in? Because I love your page. I love your videos. They're so unique and original and just eye-catching. Thank you. Well, it's kind of a long story, but I opened the practice about a year ago. I mean, really just for a lot of different reasons. I always wanted to run my own PT practice. I didn't really think it was going to be possible or I'd have to wait till I was way older and knew everything. And then when I had my son a couple of years ago, 
I got such a, I don't know, my whole brain changed. I just got like a boost of confidence. And I'm going to do this. So That's I just, awesome. it, and it helps that there's not a lot of pelvic floor therapists in our area. So yeah, I, I'm pretty young, but better me than nobody. So I always just tell myself that better me doing my best yeah. in public health. And I kind of am learning as I go too. but it's better than all these people that need the help not getting it. Yeah, yeah I had never even honestly heard of a pelvic therapist until I came across your page. And I think it's something that's definitely needed. I wish that I had known about you before during my fertility journey. And I'm sure that you're helping a lot of people. So thanks for taking that leap of faith and doing what you're doing. Yeah, I know some, there's some pelvic floor therapists that really niche out even in just fertility. We're more in the prolapse, leakage, postpartum. We don't really get fertility cases, but there's some pelvic floor therapists that actually specialize that in that. And that's like a whole nother area of pelvic floor therapy, actually. I don't know everything about it, but uh, I think it's a lot of like visceral work to your organs and things like that okay. to flow and reduce restrictions in those organs. Awesome. Too, like from you kind of being in this space and having your own issues with infertility. For me, I wonder what is best verbiage for talking to patients that have dealt with infertility. Like I always hesitate even in an eval saying like, how many pregnancies did you have? Or how many live births? How do you word it in a way that people aren't feeling horrible and like reliving everything in that moment? Like, do you have any tips for that? I think from my own personal experience and with the women that I've talked to and clients that I have, it's really better to just be honest like that and to just say it instead of trying to kind of tiptoe around it. So I would not be offended if, you know, my doctor asked me how many pregnancies and how many live births. I think where it becomes, at least for me, I know like when I go for my annual exams, where it becomes a little bit interrogative or I start to feel emotional about it is when they expand upon that. Obviously, you being in the space you're in, you may not necessarily expand upon that question. But when I go to the gynecologist, she'll say, well, how are you you know, how are you doing with that? Or how are you feeling about the latest miscarriage? Or what do you and so then it kind of, then you kind of start to go down the rabbit hole and have a little bit of PTSD, at least I do. Whereas if you're surface level and asking the necessary medical questions like that, I don't think that that would be offensive to most women that been through it. Yeah, I think there are some phrasing that gets a little hard to if you say how many successful use the word successful and then it almost makes someone that didn't have a live birth feel like well I'm not a success or I'm a failure like just using those words so I try to be a little careful sometimes yeah I I think just avoiding those adjectives in general like you said the first time how many pregnancies have you had how many live births have you had because that keeps it very objective and if that's what you need. I mean, obviously, if you need to dig deeper for your evaluation, you have to do that. You could 
even preface your evaluation by saying that because of your medical history, I do need to dig a little deeper. Is that going to be triggering for you? Um, these are the things that I would have to ask. Are, are you comfortable with that? That might help some patients feel more open about it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. As far as the people that you see, I know you said you're not really in the fertility side of it, more of like the postpartum and everything. But do you see women that come in that maybe they are in postpartum, but they have also struggled with infertility in the past? Or do they not really share that information with you? We have had some patient like that for sure, or they're coming to us, they finally had their baby, they've been trying for a long, long time. And I think just for years, struggling for answers and kind of being let down with not getting clear answers as to why things weren't progressing or things like that. I I actually had one patient, it was years, they were trying to get pregnant and the doctors were doing all these invasive tests on her. And then come to find out it was actually her husband that had really low sperm count. And so it can be harder, I think, on women too, because the assumption is that it is the woman and usually it is, but that's how they found that out. And they had a live birth, but a lot of years of struggles and like hormones being off. And yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I don't qualify as infertile. I've had a baby. We've only been trying for since the start of the year, but even for me, like not getting consistent periods and stuff, there's just so many things. Well, it's probably this, it's probably this. It can be hard to just never have really a clear answer, but oh, it could be this. All your blood work looks pretty good. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you end up wishing that somebody would find something because then it you can actually have a diagnosis, so to speak. But because I know for a while we we were just diagnosed with unexplained female infertility and they never even tested my husband. It was probably three years into us working with a clinic that they then found out I have low low ovarian reserve and um, poor egg quality. And then they finally tested him and kind of same thing as your patient. Like he tested between zero and 1% on the scale for all the sperm factors. So they were kind of shocked and he was shocked. And it was like, well, if we would have done that earlier, would it have made it would it have made a difference would it could he have done things to improve that by that time we were kind of at the end of our our journey we were just kind of tapped out there there is i think stigma of only looking at the female for a while before people decide to look into the male side of it i guess that's just because maybe women care more i don't know i should probably, probably shouldn't generalize that but I don't know. What do you think? Is that? Yeah, I don't know. I think statistically, it's more often something wrong with the female side, but I don't know. I don't know why. It seems like it'd be pretty easy to test the male issue. It'd probably be easier, I feel, than testing all the things that can go wrong in the female reproductive system. I'm curious, what is your typical patient when they come in, you do an evaluation and then kind of what's the process? Like how long does it take to get them to a place where they're, from a medical standpoint, things have improved? Is that the right 
way to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I really like pelvic health because the issues are typically very, very treatable. I started out in ortho, getting shoulder pain, knee pain, and it was like, do a bunch of visits. They're kind of getting better. But we get really good results with our patients. Most of them are completely better. And it's almost less about strengthening a muscle as it is like just finding out what's driving their symptoms. It can be a little tricky at first to find the driver. Typically, if we had a prolapse case, which is where your pelvic organs have shifted, or we have a treatment method we use, and that's based on the body's natural healing process. So it takes the body about three months to have lasting adaptations to the muscles and joints and stuff. So that's kind of our treatment method is once a week for 12 visits. I mean, not everyone needs that, but if you're healing something leakage, typically it will take about that long. And then at that point, we want our patients to be not coming back, like have the issue resolved for good uh, is the goal. Are you struggling to come to terms with a life that is different from the one you always envisioned? Do you have days where the grief is just too much and you just want to stay in bed all day or can't make it till lunchtime without breaking down? Or maybe you're suffering in silence, unable to open up to anyone for fear of all the unwanted opinions and pity. Or you're afraid you'll throw your phone across the room if you see one more pregnancy announcement come across your social media feed. If this is you, I see you. I was you. And I'm here to tell you, you don't have to feel this way another month, year, decade, or minute. Book a free 30-minute strategy session with me and we'll discuss your unique situation, what your goals are, and I'll give you actionable steps you can take right now to start feeling more like yourself again before infertility took over your life. To book your free session today, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode. Don't let another year go by feeling stuck, hopeless, and less than. Click the link in the show notes as soon as this episode is over. You're worth it. Do you ever work with folks that, like me, for example, that never had a birth, but say I had leakage or some other pelvic issues unrelated to fertility necessarily. Is that you have patients that? Yeah, yeah, we do. And that I think that's one of the common misconceptions about pelvic floor therapy that it's just for pregnant or just for post women. I mean, our biggest population is postpartum, but we see a lot of women too that are just coming in. Maybe if they have pain with sex, that's a big one we see. And then pelvic in low back region pain. We treat that too. Yeah. And some women just struggle with leakage because of their natural anatomy. So some people haven't had babies and they have leakage just because of their anatomy. And we have to teach them techniques to kind of compensate for that constipation. Not a, that can happen to anyone and everyone. Yeah. Uh, people don't know that people can come to pelvic floor therapy for constipations. No, that's really helpful to know. Um, Is there anything in particular that you would want women to know about their pelvic health that they should really concentrate on or be aware of? Because I think a lot of times we don't think about that so much. I think it's helpful to know your own anatomy. I, I mean, I... 
a lot, at least for me, I grew up in a really conservative Christian household and things like that. And you would never look down there. But I do think it's important actually to grab a mirror and look at your own anatomy. And then you'll be more perceptive to know if things are happening that shouldn't be happening or helpful. I know some women think you have to take your tampon out to go poop because they think it's the same openings. It's just good to know there's three openings down there where pee comes out. And if you have female anatomy and then an opening in the anus. So just kind of peek at your own enemy is different. I think people disassociate from that area, especially people with pelvic pain, pain with sex, sometimes even constipation. You don't even want to look or touch. The most would be to put a tampon in, but I think it's good and helpful to kind of like look and just look objectively and without judgment. I mean, we know to do our breast exams on ourselves just to kind of know if something's changed. So I don't see why it should be any different to, like you said, at least know what normal is so that we know what abnormal is. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of people, they might get influence from friends. Oh, that's fine. I pee my pants too. Or I have pain with sex too. Like you're hitting menopause. That's normal. There's a lot of influence in people saying that things are normal when it's not really normal. It's just common. A lot of people suffer from issues. We see men here too. So there's a lot of men and they actually tend to get worse pelvic floor care than women do just because a lot of pelvic floor therapists don't treat men or Doctors are less likely to refer because, or the patient maybe is nervous to tell their doctor that they're leaking urine or having erectile dysfunction or something. Yeah, no, I think even in the infertility space, like men tend to get left to the wayside. I do follow actually two men that have pages specifically talking about their infertility journeys, which I think is fascinating. And I love it that they're sharing, but I think it's also good to have men be open enough to see someone like you if they are having issues get relief or get some help for it too have you heard of hypothalamic amenorrhea i haven't no it's basically and i don't understand it fully but some women are more sensitive to stressors like when your doctor says well maybe you're just too stressed you're exercising too much. That's why you can't get pregnant. There is actually some truth to that when they just say it like, really? But mm-hmm. as some people, their HPG axis, if their hypothalamic pituitary is just so sensitive that a little bit of stress, or if you're not eating enough, it puts your body into this fight or flight mode. So you're not getting periods and having good ovulation and helping women get where they're healthy, feeling mentally stable, getting enough calories. Even if you think I have a normal BMI, doesn't think I'm getting enough protein in the day. I'm snacking a lot later in the night. So kind of letting my blood sugar just go up and down throughout the day as I'm busy. So kind of maintaining a stable blood sugar. You're right. When the doctor says, oh, don't stress out so much or take some stress out of your life. It's like, yeah, well... Okay. Uh If there was something that scientific behind that, I think we would take it more seriously. That's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it, I saw it if the doctor was telling me that, oh, well, 
maybe try exercising less or whatever, then I would think, hey, friends that exercise way more than me, and they just look at their husband and get pregnant. Like, you know, so I my friend, she's like, she has a smaller BMI than I do. And she has no problem getting pregnant when you kind of put the scientific stuff behind it, it does kind of validate you. And yeah, I love that. I always ask people this, and it doesn't have to be specific to your fertility journey or anything like that. But if you could go back and tell your 18 year old self, you know, anything, any one piece of advice, what's the biggest piece of advice that you would tell that girl knowing what you know now? This is not to do with fertility, but I really think you can will yourself to win. That's been always my phrase. If you want to do something, this is not fertility related, but you have a goal. And if you want to run a business or if you're a woman that, I don't know, just has a dream, you can do it. No matter what it is, I think you can make it happen if you just go all out and do your best. And I think it's getting easier in this day and age that if you have a dream, maybe you want crochet things and sell them on Etsy and make a business. It is easier now than ever to do something like that with technology. I want women to be inspired to do whatever they want and know that they'll succeed if they put the effort in. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I mean, because it's Like you said, not talking about the fertility space with that, but I love that. It's simple, but yet it's powerful. And I think we can all take that advice. You can't will yourself to be fertile. So don't. Right, right. Yeah, let's just get that out there. (laughs) Okay, come on. (laughs) Yeah, the whole toxic positivity. That's a, a topic for another day. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. If I come across you know, people that I think are in your area that could benefit from your services, Instagram the best, or do you want them directed to your website? Either way is fine. On Instagram, on our link tree, and we're inspire underscore pelvic PT on Instagram, you can get a link to request more information and filling out that form can be helpful. And that forms on our website too. And we'll either work with you and get you the help or point you in the right direction. We see a a decent amount of patients virtually too. So some over telehealth and some patients actually prefer that. It's just more convenient or less stressful than coming in the clinic. And we can't do a hands-on exam, but our patients over telehealth do really well. So uh, there's a lot we can do without us putting our hands directly on the patient. Yeah, no, that's good to know. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't know if virtual sessions were a thing for your your area, but that's really good to know. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I love just talking to different people because I learn a lot. And I think that regardless of whether you're on a fertility journey or not, I think that your services and what you're doing can benefit people's health in general. There's no there's no right or wrong space for the podcast. It's just kind of letting people know what's out there. Cool. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for listening. You're incredible. And I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss when a new episode airs. And the other thing I want you to do after listening to this episode is this. Visit my website, charliedice.com backslash roadmap. That's where you'll find my free gift for you. 
It's a little download I put together with six steps you can take right now to start embracing a joyful life outside of infertility. Again, that's charliedice.com backslash road.